and let's turn to the seventh chapter of the book of Joshua. Joshua chapter 7, I will commence reading from verse 16 to the end of that particular chapter. Joshua chapter 7, I commence reading from verse 16. So Joshua rose early in the morning and brought Israel near tribe by tribe, and the tribe of Judah was taken. And he brought near the clans of Judah, and the clan of the Zerahites was taken. And he brought near the clan of the Zerahites, man by man, and Zabdi was taken. And he brought near his household, man by man, and Achan, the son of Kami, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, was taken. Then Joshua said to Achan, My son, give glory to the Lord God of Israel, and give praise to him. And tell me now, what have you done? Do not hide it from me. And Achan answered Joshua, Truly, I have, sinned, I have sinned against the Lord God of Israel, and this is what I did. When I saw among the spoil a beautiful cloak from China, and 200 shekels of silver, and a bar of gold weighing 50 shekels, then I coveted them and took them, and see, they are hidden in the earth inside my tent with the spoil, with the silver underneath. So Joshua sent messengers, and they ran to the tent, and brought, and behold, it was hidden in his tent with the silver underneath. And they took them out of the tent and brought them to Joshua and to all the people of Israel, and they laid them down before the Lord. And Joshua and all Israel with him took Achan, the son of Zerah, and the silver, and the cloak, and the bar of God, and his sons and daughters, and his oxen, and donkeys, and sheep, and his tent, and all that he had. And they brought them up to the valley of Akko. And Joshua said, Why did you trouble? Why did you bring trouble on us? The Lord brings trouble on you today. And all Israel stoned him with stones. They bent them with fire and stoned them with stones. And they raised over him a great heap of stones that remains to this day. Then the Lord turned from his burning anger. Therefore, to this day, the name of that place is called the Valley of Akko. We are back in a series of messages from the seventh chapter of the book of Joshua. And this morning, we come to the 13th sermon in this particular passage. Two weeks ago, when I was preaching, we looked at uh, verse 21 and under the title, Beware of Covetousness. We highlighted that covetousness is really a sin of attitude more than the sin of action. The sin of stealing, uh, murder, Adultery, they find an outlet in something physical. 
there's some physical element that can be shown or seen that stealing took place, adultery took place, or even murder. But when it comes to the ish, the sin of covetousness, we saw that it's a sin that had to do with your attitude, the attitude of your heart. And it is a sin that most of us will not admit to. And we also saw that covetousness attacks God. Because covetousness in and of itself is a sin against God. And we saw that in Colossians 3 we are told covetousness is idolatry. Because covetousness elevates the thing you crave for more than God. We also saw that covetousness is a distrust on God. It's unfaithful but also results in unfaithfulness. God who's ordered the events of life has said that each issue or each item must be done in a particular way or must be acquired in a particular way but with covetousness it's saying God I don't like the way you order things and I'm going to do things my way and the warning was clear beware of covetousness and we saw that in the life of Achan. This morning we come to verse 22, all the way to verse 26. And what we see here is that sin disrupts everything. It disranges everything and brings trouble everywhere. From this point onward, the story moves swiftly to its dramatic conclusion. Messengers are dispatched uh, to, and they go to the tent, and they find the stolen objects just as indicated in Achan's confession. And we see that they are brought before Joshua and the entire congregation. And really the main purpose was so that the objects that were stolen are returned to God who had claimed them when he commanded Joshua in Joshua chapter 6 verse 18 through to verse 19 that the silver, the gold, the bronze must be brought into the Lord's house. And this action clearly showed the congregation that Achan was not only guilty of sin against God, but the evidence is right before them. And this is what we learn, and this is what we must learn this morning as we open up those verses. Sin disrupts everything. It disrupts everything. And sin brings trouble everywhere. It disrupts and it brings trouble. And when we say keep away from sin, this is really what we are saying. Because sin disturbs everything. And that sin does not just affect you, but it brings trouble on others. And hence the plea this morning. 
is that those sins that you entertain, those secret sins, you do not know who it is affecting. You do not know the trouble it is bringing on others. So let's open up those verses and draw some lessons for ourselves this morning. The first thing I'd like to show you and to bring to your attention is this. Sin brings shame. I would like to show you the shame that sin brings. Sin brings shame. And this can be presumed or deduced from verse 22 and verse 23. So Joshua sent messengers and they ran to the tent and behold, it was hidden in his tent with the silver underneath. And they took them out of the tent and brought them to Joshua and to all the people of Israel. And they laid them down before the Lord. Achan's efforts to conceal the devoted things is now exposed. His actions had brought defeat to the nation of Israel. It brought a sense of shame to the people of Israel. But also his actions brought shame to his family and to his entire clan. And we see it recorded for us there that we are being told to the third and fourth generation of this man is the son of Kami, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah. The entire clan, tribe, household is brought to shame as a result of Achan's sin. But more importantly, it brought shame to the name of God because the people of I and those who had the defeat of Israel began to think that the God of the Israelites is not as powerful as we thought he might be. And so Joshua sent messengers to go search the tent. And now the evidence is secured. Achan can no longer hide in the masses. He has been found out. And his sin has brought disgrace. And the only thing that will be remembered of Achan is that this disgraceful deed is the only thing that will ever be known of Achan. The man who troubled Israel. Imagine how shameful it must have been for his wife. Surely, news must have gone round that the reason why Israel had been defeated is because one among us went into Jericho and stole from God. Maybe the wife could have been inquired from Achan asking, do you know who that man might be? Maybe, just maybe the children asked the, asked, asked the father, who could it be? 
Maybe they even began to have suspects of who the culprit could be. Maybe one man or that notorious person within the nation of Israel. Now, Achan has been found out. And they go into the tent and bring the devoted things. Think of the shame that was going through the wife, the wife's mind. She probably spent nights in the tent. That was their home. They would entertain guests. And now from their home, they retrieved the devoted things. The shame brought to all those associated to Achan. But as if this is not enough, Achan was a man from a privileged tribe, a tribe of God's choosing. And this must have come as a most painful shock to the tribe of Judah and to the nation of Israel and to Joshua himself. Achan was a member of the tribe of Judah, the tribe which had uncommon privilege and purpose in God's sovereign purpose. God had promised marvelous things about this tribe. When you read Genesis 49 and verse 10, the tribe of Judah, who was to be the majestic and dominant tribe in the nation of Israel. But it was also from this tribe where the, 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 the sprung Caleb, Caleb the, the courageous man, was from this tribe. When you read Numbers chapter 13 and verse 6, you see that. But also Judah was the tribe which took the lead when the nation was on the march in the wilderness. Numbers chapter 10 and verse 14. And therefore, Judah had become the tribe of leadership, a tribe of responsibility, a tribe with an unusual privilege. Judah was to be a tribe that was to be given the largest portion of Canaan. When you read Deuteronomy chapter 34 and verse 2, and since Judah was to have the largest lot or the largest portion in Canaan, the more shameful, the more inexcusable that one of them should fail to wait upon God's timing and took matters into his own hands. Ekan belonged to a nation that God had chosen. And within that nation that God had chosen, he belonged to a tribe that had unusual privilege in as far as the, the plan of redemption was concerned. And so for Judah, it was sovereign election within, uh, among the nations, but also within that nation, 
God had chosen Judah. So it was sovereign elections within election. God chose the nation of Israel. And then within the nation of Israel, he chose the tribe of Judah to be a tribe of privileges in, and a tribe where the Messiah, the Savior of the world, was to come from. Achan belonged to a privileged tribe, a privileged nation. He had experienced God's dealing with the nation, and now his name has brought shame to the entire tribe, to the entire nation, to the entire household. He brought disaster upon himself and upon his household. And in the history of the nation of Israel, in the history of redemptive history, in the annals of the scriptures, Achan was to be remembered from this point onwards as a man who stole the forbidden spoils of Jericho. And this disgraceful deed is the only thing to be known or to be linked to this name. This is what sin does. It brings shame. When Adam and Eve sinned against God, the scriptures do record for us that the first consequence of their sin was what? To hide from God. There was a sense of guilt, but there was also a sense of shame. And therefore, they had to hide from God. Previously, they had been at ease in God's presence and had enjoyed fellowship with God. But now, they dreaded the presence of God. When the Bible tells us, when they heard God walking in the cool of the evening, going to Adam and Eve, they ran away. They were filled with a sense of guilt and shame. They could no longer look forward to the fellowship with God. Sin brings shame. It disrupts everything and brings trouble everywhere. Last year, I, I met a young man who used to be in, in the same class with, with my young brother and lived a few houses from where we used to stay in Inkana East in Kitwe. He was able to recognize me but I couldn't recognize him because he was in grade, in grade three and I was in grade 11 and was in the same class with my young brother. So he tried to mention his name, I couldn't recognize him. But then he mentioned the house number where they used to stay. And the first thing that came to my mind 
was that the owner of the man of the house used to drink a lot. That's the only thing I could remember. And I remember the young man saying, yes, that man was my father and is now late. And then I could remember, I, I vividly remember him being downcast and saying, it is sad that the, on, the first thing that comes to your mind about my father is that a man who used to drink a lot. And in my mind, that's the only thing that I could associate or link to this young man's genealogy. Now this is 20 plus years later. That's all I remember about this man. And you could now see that the sense of shame has still carried on. And I'm sure many others who grew up in Incarnaist, whenever that house number is mentioned, that's what comes to our minds. Sin brings shame. And here you are this morning, young man, young lady, those secret sins you are entertaining. Have you ever thought of the sense of shame it will bring to everyone associated with you? You can say it is my life. Yes, it is your life. But you are part of a family. And that family is part of a community. Have you ever thought of the sense of shame your sin may bring to your parents when it is exposed? You may hide in the darkness. You may hide in secret. But sin always brings shame. Years to come. The only thing that can be remembered of you is your sin. What about those of you who are heads of homes? No man can tell how far the damage of his secret sin may reach. When Achan laid hold of the devoted things, he had a plan. Maybe in his mind a well-executed plan. Even the threats of God through Joshua we are swallowed up by the plans he had for those devoted things. One thing he did not factor is that his sin may bring shame not only to his tribe, but to his family. And years later, this is what will be remembered of Achan. No man no woman, no boy, no girl can tell how, the, how far the damage of their secret sins can reach. Stay away from sin. It will bring shame to those who are close to you, your friends, your family, your church, 
your parents. Of late, a lot of people have been making headlines in the media for wrong reasons. So and so stole so much, so much money was found in someone's home. That person or those individuals come from homes. Imagine what is going through the minds of the parents, siblings. Seeing your sister or your brother or your daughter or your son making headlines for wrong reasons. Sin disrupts everything and brings trouble everywhere. This was a can see. But secondly, I'd like to show you the, what I'm referring to as the sour end that sin brings. The sour end that sin brings, or the bitter end of sin. Verse 24. And Joshua and all Israel with him took Achan, the son of Zerah, and the silver, and the cloak, and the bow of God, and his sons and daughters, and his oxen, and his donkeys, and his sheep, and his tent, and all that he had. And they brought them up to the valley of Arco. Can you, can you feel, as you read, the bitter end, this sour ending of, of Achan. His sinful action brought about a bitter doom to his life. All the visions of comfort and enjoyment it, he had to be gotten from this unlawful gain had been rudely shattered. All the pictures he had been drawing in his mind of what he's going to do with the silver and the gold and wearing the Babylonian garment are forever dispersed. All the plans him he had that when all is gone, when we are now settled in the land, how have the gold and the silver? I'll probably be among the richest in my, in my congregation or in my nation. And as I wear the Babylonian garments and walk the streets of the nation, all the praise that will come from those who will be seeing me. And as I inquire where I got these Babylonian garments, and I'll be able to uh, come up with a story of where all these things came from. And all those ideas, those plans are shattered. He's been found out. And there's this bitter ending to his life. 
because of his sin. Imagine what was going through his mind at this moment. If we had an opportunity to ask Achan what was going through his mind, At this moment, all the instructions of God given to Joshua came with a full force in Achan's mind. They lingered in his mind and he was able to hear the voice of Joshua. And he who is taken with the devoted things, he shall be burnt with fire. He and his household will be destroyed. And in this moment, Achan recognized that the language of Joshua was not a language of probability, but a language of sureness. God was saying, I know who's done this, and I'll find him, and I'll deal with him. And you could imagine Achan knowing that what befalls my family now is as a result of me. I ignored the instructions of God. And I thought in the multitude of the nations, I will not be singled out. And now the evidence is before me, before the nation, before the leaders, before God. My family is going to have a bitter ending because of my sinful action. Achan had remained silent when Israel was defeated by I. When the people's hearts melted like water, he had remained silent. Uh, he had remained silent when his tribe was singled out, when his clan was singled out, when his family name was singled out. And now the evidence is secured. It was in his tent. He had confessed. And now, he's about to go through the punishment just as God had indicated. The entire congregation is aware of vacant sin. His nightmare is here, he's been discovered. Anali stood before God, before Joshua, before Israel, as the guilty one who had troubled Israel. Sin brings bitter doom, sad doom, sad ending. Achan had made a wrong choice somewhere in his life and that wrong choice had future consequences and 
This is just but one of them. And as the scriptures tell us about this man, Achan, the scriptures draws a veil over his life and gives us this sour end to a life of Achan. A painful silence. The Bible gives us an example of another man by the name of Lot. Lot left no positive evidence behind him when he died. We know very little about Lot after leaving Sodom. What we know is that he left Sodom, went to Zohar, and we don't know at what point he left Zohar to live in a cave. And the fact that Lot is in a cave shows us the weakness of his, his spiritual life. We do not know how long he lived in the cave. We do not know how long he lived on earth. We don't even know when he died. We know a lot about men like Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, David, Joseph. We know where they died. We know a bit of how they died. And in some cases, even at what age. The scripture records for us some of their last words. But for Lot, like Achan, the scripture draws a veil around him. It gives us this painful silence at the end of their lives. In a cave, a gloomy deathbed. And the light goes off like a candle on Lord's life and never to hear anything again about him. The Bible is very clear. You reap what you sow. God cannot be mocked. Your sin will find you out. Your sin will bring about a bitter ending, a sour ending, a sad ending. As you are entertaining your sin, you don't know what lies ahead of that sin. Sin never tells you about the ruined health, the empty wallet, the destroyed lives, the ruined marriages, the broken homes, the shattered dreams, the wasted years. It will not tell you all about that. Sin 
is deceitful. And do whatever you have to do to get rid of your sins. Come to Christ who alone can deal with your sin. If you only know what is waiting of you, what's awaiting you at the end of your sin, you will not take that first step into the path of sin. If you only know the consequences, the pain that lies ahead of you, you will turn away from the path of sin. But somehow you convince yourself that all is well, all the corners are covered, and yet the scriptures are clear. To continue in a life of sin, in the path of sin, God's wrath awaits you. And imagine going to hell with the warnings of God ringing in your mind. Turn away from sin. Turn away from sin. And yet you thought all your corners were covered only to be met with a bitter end. Achan thought he could hide from God. I ask you this morning, the sin you are entertaining, do you know what lies ahead? Do you know what is waiting you? It's separation from God for eternity. Not for a day, for eternity. And eternity simply means everlasting, no ending. That's the seriousness of sin. God will not entertain anyone in his presence, in his kingdom, who continue to enjoy sin. Because sin is an injury against God. It's an insult against God. Oh, I plead with you. Turn away from sin. It will ruin you. It will hide the results, the consequences, until when it is too late. Your health is ruined. Your family is damaged. Everything about you is gone. And like Achan, you remember that all those times we heard the gospel, it was not a language of probability that you may go to hell. It was God saying, I know your heart, I know your mind, I know your sin. If you do not turn away from sin today and believe in my son, the Lord Jesus Christ, you will be totally separated from me. Sin brings a sad ending. Achan, his wife, his children, 
his animals, and all he had destroyed. All the plans and the pictures he had about the devoted things are shattered forever. And thirdly, I'd like to show you that sin costs everything. Sin costs everything. It makes you sacrifice your very life and the life of those you love. 25 and 26, and Joshua said, why did you trouble? Why do you bring trouble on us? The Lord brings trouble on you today. And all Israel stoned him with stones. They bent them with fire and stoned them with stones. And they raised over him a great heap of stones that remains to this day. Then the Lord turned from his burning anger. Therefore to this day, the name of that place is called the Valley of Akko. Achan's sinful action was a violation of the covenant of God. And covenant violation brought about covenant retribution. Physical death was a result of covenant violation. Joshua speaks of Achan as having brought trouble and he now concludes by saying that the Lord will bring trouble to you today. This is not vindictiveness, no. Joshua acts in keeping with the divine command that was given to him in verse 15. That whoever is guilty will be, shall be burnt with fire, he and all that he has, because he has transgressed the covenant of the Lord and because he has done an outrageous thing in Israel. And in keeping with covenant of the divine command and the covenant of God, God in response or in return acts in keeping to his covenant that he made with the nation. He remains true to what he had said. And this punishment was swift, was severe. And it was carried out in keeping with God's covenant obligations. Achan's sin made him lose everything. Everything. And this is the sad reality of sin. It costs. It costs life. It costs health. It's caused relationships, friendships, and families. How can a man in his normal senses, one who had seen and witnessed the mighty acts of God before his very eyes, one who had seen God's dealing with the nation, 
a man who had the divine mandate for retribution for the guilty person. How can a man still remain stubborn and not come out and confess his sin? A man who knew that when God says he is going to do this, he will surely do it. Achan heard all that God had said. That the guilty person, his family and everything he had will be destroyed. But he kept silent. That's a sad reality of sin. It deceives and clouds your judgment. Ekan knew that his dear wife, his dear children, the very children he was working hard for, those children that sat in his bosom in the formative years of their lives, and, and now at the verge of destruction because of his foolishness. And at this moment, probably Ekan was saying to himself, wasted years. Oh, how foolish. Oh, how stupid it was for me to get the devoted things and think that I can deceive God. And now it was too late. Everything he had was to be destroyed. The core of divine judgment and punishment was at hand. And as Joshua and the nation of Israel took Achan and his family and all he had into the valley of Arco, he knew that time had come. My sin has cost me everything. Achan was so sure that would not be found out. He continued in his deception, thinking that no one knows. One thing he forgot is that God sees all things. God knows all things. And God will deal with sin and the sinner. Achan forgot that. And this was all because of the power of sin, the hardening power of sin. It clouded his judgment. And he thought that he can deceive an all-seeing God. And now, he's about to be punished for his sins. Probably he could have, done, could have made one last look at his beautiful wife. Maybe memories of the joys they had together come, were rushing through his mind. One last look at his children, the plans he had for them. One last look at his oxen, his donkeys, his sheep. And all those things were going to be destroyed because of him. 
sin costs everything. Achan's sinful action costed him everything. The life of his children and of his dear wife. And this is a warning to all of us this morning. It's a warning to those of you who are, Christ who are not Christians this morning. God knows you. God's knowledge of you is comprehensive. He knows what you were up to yesterday. He knows what you are planning to do in the next hour. And he looks at you, not with affection, but with resentment. He knows that sin will cost you. And as the Proverbs would say, there's a way that seems right to man, but the end is destruction. God who knows all things is saying to you, my child, turn away from that path. It will lead you to destruction. It will cause you to sacrifice everything. And ultimately, it will cause you to be totally separated from me for eternity. And I ask you this morning, pause for a moment. Hold your thoughts. Forget about the plans you have for the next hour. Forget about the plans you have for this week. Ask yourself this question. Am I ready to meet my God? With my sin that I cherish, my sin that I, inter I entertain, the sin I was doing yesterday, even before coming to church. Pause for a moment and ask yourself this question. Are you ready to meet God who cannot be deceived? question sink into your soul you will stand one day before God you will give an account to God one day and his blazing holiness will shine with his brilliance about when the blazing holiness of the almighty God, a God who knows all things, a God who's going to shine and your soul will be brought to a point when you recognize that all this while I've been sacrificing my life because of sin and now I stand at the verge of destruction for eternity. Let that question sink into your soul. Sin will destroy you. For some of you, sin is already costing your life. 
You've lost friends. Relationships are destroyed. Maybe in your marriage, it's, it's at the verge of destruction because of your sin. Sin costs. This is a lesson we must not forget from Achan's sin. Lessons not to be forgotten. When you feel drawn to sin, remember the life of Achan. When sin paints its attraction, remember the life of Achan. When you are on the path to sin, remember the life of Achan. Sin disrupts everything and it destroys and brings trouble everywhere. Sin never tells you about the, the ruined life, health, relationships. Sin will destroy you. And if you want to see and know the seriousness of sin, go to the, the cross of Christ and hear the righteous Son of God crying before his Father, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He who knew no sin was made to be seen so that in his righteousness we may become the righteousness of God. If God the Father punished his son for the sins of the world, what makes you think that God is not serious when he warns in his word about your sin? What makes you think you'll escape the punishment that awaits you? What makes you think you'll be an exceptional, that God will overlook your sins and allow you to be in his kingdom? Boys and girls, listen to me. We don't know how old Achan's children were. Maybe they were your age. Maybe they were even younger than you. We don't know. But the Bible tells us they were destroyed because of the sin of their father. But you will be destroyed because of your own sin. Turn away from your sin. Young men, young ladies, Achan had plans for his children. He had big dreams. He probably imagined giving them into marriage. They were destroyed. Sin will destroy you. The scriptures have records that sin ruins life. But 
What you need to be more afraid of is the fact that one day you will stand before God. God who sees and knows all things. And when the Bible says your sin will find you out, it's a language of sureness and not of probability. On that day, you come face to face with God. No excuse will stand. Even if you came up with the most brilliant excuse, it will not stand before God. And he will say to you, into eternal destruction. And how sad it will be for you to be ushered in hell with all the knowledge you had, with all the knowledge you had of God, being wheeled into eternal destruction on religious wheels. Turn away from sin today. The hymn will be singing in closing. The hymn writer is really asking the question, saying, God, help me to understand Help me to take it in, what it meant to you that the Holy One should die for my sin. He said, help, just help me to understand. At least if I can't understand it, just help me to take it in. And then God, melt my heart. Lord, break me. Until you have conquered my life and I'm owning you as my Lord. May it be your prayer this morning that God help me to understand. Let me take it in, let me take it in what it meant to you that your holy son should die for me, a sinner. And God, as you help me to take it in, please break my heart. Let me not go back the same. Break my heart and cause me to see the disruption that my sin is causing in my family, among my friends. Let Christ be my Lord and my Savior today. Amen.